whining, sing all day and all night. Revelation uh, 4 says this, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Verse 11, Worthy are you, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and because of your will they existed and were created. We serve a mighty God. Worthy is the Lamb, Christ, who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessings. As I was listening to that song, those verses just came to my mind. How awesome, an awesome God that we serve every day. Do you believe he's awesome? Do you believe he's sovereign? Do you believe he is in control of your life? That wasn't quite as much. Do you believe that he is... uh, do you believe he's in control of life circumstances? Do you believe he's in control of history? Do you think he is in charge even today as we speak of this old world? The answer is yes to all of those. Okay? And today I hope to be able to prove that to you. I hope. Okay? The title of the message is God's Chosen People. And if you cannot see the awesomeness of God, if you cannot see how great God is, if you cannot see that he is sovereign and in control of every situation in a life, then you need to get a pair of glasses. Because I'm here to tell you, he is in control of everything. Even the things that don't look right, even the things that are ugly, even the things that make no sense. Guess what? He knows it. He knew it before it happened. He's got a plan. His plan is better than good. His plan is perfect for this country, for the Jewish people. His plan is perfect for you. Did you know that? If you would just allow him to live his plan into you. You can't get any better than that by allowing him to live through you. Title message is God's chosen people. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, please pray as before we start, man. Yes. Thank you, Father, that you are in control of each and everything. Father, we just ask that you would touch our hearts and minds, Father, just implant that into our our community, God, that we would look to you for each and everything that we do. Yes. The words that we hear today, Father, again, be implanted in our hearts, and Father, we just reach out to our community, mm-hmm. our country, and to our world, and just share the gospel as much as we can, Father. Thank you, Lord, and pray. Thank you, Jimmy. May 14th, 1948, David Ben-Gurion stepped to the podium in Tel Aviv and he read these words. The right is the natural right of the Jewish people to be masters of their own fate, like all other nations in their own sovereign state. Accordingly, we are here assembled And by the virtue of our national and historic right, and in the strength of the resolution of the United Nations General Assembly, hereby declare the establishment of the Jewish state in Eretz, Israel, to be known as the state of Israel. 
1948, Israel became a sovereign nation, just as God had promised them that they would be thousands of years before. Isaiah 66, 8, 740 years before Christ was even around. Well, he was around, but he wasn't here walking on this earth. Let me rephrase that, okay? Isaiah says this, which I thought was interesting. He says, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Can a land be born in one day? Can a nation be brought forth all at once? And the answer is, yes, it can. And only by the the strength of God can that ever happen. On that day, May 14th, 1948, Israel became a sovereign nation. God had brought them from bondage, from slavery, to being separated and scattered all over the world. And on that day, by the power of God, Israel became a sovereign nation, just like God promised them they would be thousands of years before. And we'll look at that in Genesis in just a minute. Genesis 12, 1 and 3 sets the tone for the country of Israel, God's chosen people. In verse 1, it says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, and from your father's house to a land which I will show you. Abram, and we'll call him Abraham because he eventually becomes that, receives a word from God, and God says, I want you to pack up and leave. I want you to go to a country that I'm not going to tell you where the country is. I'm not going to tell you what direction to go. I want you to get up, he would tell him, leave your relatives, leave your father, leave everything you got, and I want you to start heading out. And he said, I'm going to show you a place, I'm going to show you a country where I want you to be. Now, would anybody else in here want to do that? (laughs) Get up from your home and take off going in some direction that you don't know what direction you're supposed to be going. And just take off and, and, and just trust God enough that he's going to bring you to a spot and say, here is, here is home. Uh, no, probably not. Not sure I could do that. But that's exactly what God is asking Abram to do. And, of course, we know where fi- Abram finally settles, and we'll look at that in just a minute. It is the country of Israel. In verse 2 of chapter 12 there, it says this. God makes him some promises. This is pretty cool promises. He says, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That is God's promise to Abram, later Abraham, for the children of Israel. He is going to make a great nation out of the Jewish people through Abraham. We notice there he gives Abraham four great promises. And if you know anything about the promises of God, when God says it, it's going to happen. That's a covenant between God and Abraham, a covenant between God and the Jewish people. When he promises something, he will make sure it takes place. And we are seeing it even in the news today. God is in control of everything. What were those promises? God promised that he would bless Abraham. He would bless him. And if you know anything about religion and stuff, the Jewish people, the Christian people, the Muslim people all call Abraham what? 
Father Abraham. Because they all claim him as the one that began their race, if you would. I'll bless your name. And that's exactly what he he has done. He promised to bring out of Abraham a great nation. You look at it today, there's 7 million Jews living in Israel. There are 5 million Jewish people living in the United States. And there's countless millions of Jewish people that live all around the world. I would say that would be a great nation, wouldn't you? God keeps his promises when he promises. God promised that Abraham would be a blessing to many. Did you know without the Jewish people, we would not have this book? Without the Jewish people, we would not have the Ten Commandments. But it gets even better. Without the Jewish people, we would not have Jesus. And without Jesus, we would not have Christianity. And without Jesus and salvation, we would not have eternal life. You understand that? All of that has come through these, the Jewish race. We would not have any of those without the Jewish people. And then he promised that he would bless those who bless Israel. And he will curse those who curse Israel. We will see that in our <laughs> in the upcoming days, I believe. You say, well, God, he hadn't always blessed Israel. Israel's not much different than you and I. Did you know that? God in Deuteronomy told, told Israel, boy, if you would just <laughs> do what I tell you to do. All you got to do, do what I tell you to do. He said, I will bless you to the, to the nth degree. But he said, if you don't be obedient to me, then I will bring chastisement. I will bring discipline to you. And, and the Jewish people are kind of hard-headed, aren't they? Many times over and over, it seems like the Jewish were, were struggling because why were they struggling? Was God mad at them? No, he was trying to get them to a point in their lives where they would at least accept him and look up to him. And doesn't God do that today for you and I? He does that. He will bring things into our lives that said, hey, I want you to look at me. He brings things to your life that said, hey, you need a better way. There's a better plan in here. So as we look at these, the, the race of the Jewish people in Israel, we'll see that it's not far from you and I how we're supposed to live. God is good about that. God promises those things. When God told Abraham to leave and go to the land where he'll show him, he took him to Israel. We read in, uh, we read in Genesis 13, 15, when, Israel, when Abraham got there, Abraham gets to that land. What does he do? He says this, for all the land that you see, I will give to you and your descendants forever. That's kind of a key word there, forever. You see, he told Abraham, look around, look north, look south, look east and look west. And as far as the land you can see, I will give that to you. That promise has not changed. That is still God's promise for those people. In Ezekiel 48.1, Ezekiel says hundreds of years before even Jesus comes, he said he set the northern boundary 100 miles north of Damascus. 48.28, the southern boundary 100 miles south of Jerusalem. That is God's ordaining boundaries of where that promised land is. Dirk, throw that up there, will you please? I hope you can see that. I hope you can see that uh, Israel is back on the left, the green. That's present-day Israel. But that's not where God has promised them to have land. 
you can see it says greater Israel there. That whole picture is land that God has given to the Jewish people. And if you look at that land, you see there are some issues there. Because you see the land that, that one day the Jews will control is all of Lebanon. It's all of Lebanon. It is part of Syria, it's part of Iraq, it's part of Saudi Arabia. You notice it goes down to the Sinai Peninsula. You see it's got Gaza Strip there kind of over on the right. It's got the Golan Heights up there. They got the West Bank of the Jordan, which control, is controlled by the Jewish people now. But you can look at that and you can see this is what God has ordained for the Jewish people to be in control of. They have a very small slither of land right now. But one day, one day God will keep his promise and that will be, all of that will be the country of Israel. There's a smaller map there. You can see, uh, uh, I think you can see the West Bank, Gaza Strip where that is, where all the fighting is today, the Golan Heights. You can see how small that is compared to what it's going to be one of these days. You think Israel will be defeated in this, this time frame? Uh, I will be shocked to see if they really are. You see, God has promised this land to them. The only problem is there is the enemies that will control that land. Will God end up bringing peace to that area? He will. One of the issues that we see in the Middle East is just this issue right here of land. That, that they know, <laughs> they know that God has promised this land to them. And they're going to do everything they can to wipe the Jews off the face of the earth. And I can promise you that will never happen in this time. They see they don't understand what Deuteronomy eleven twelve says. They don't understand how special Israel is to him. It says this is a land for which your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning even to, this, to the end of the year or end of the age. See, when you look, when God sees Israel, God cares about Israel. God's eye is always on Israel. Zechariah 2, 8 says this, For he who touches Israel touches the apple of his eye. You see, Israel is very, very important to God. He cares for it. His eye is on it. You touch Israel, you are touching the most important possession that he has. He is the apple of my eye. You think God doesn't care? God loves Israel, cares for Israel. God has chosen those people to be his own people. And we'll see why here in just a little bit. Israel is special. Over and over in the Bible, we see God's protection over Israel. We see how he has protected Israel over these years and how he has punished people that have gone after Israel. You see, anymore in this world, you will never find a group of people called the Midianites. The Moabites, the Amorites, you'll never see them again. Why? They went after Israel. God took them off the face of the earth. There's no Philistines, there's no Chaldeans anymore. Why? Because God took them off the face of the earth. Because they chose to fight against God's chosen people. You don't mess with God. You think you can be victorious. You don't mess with God. He took them off the face of the earth. You look at Egypt today. I don't think Egypt has ever recovered from the 10 plagues that they went through. You look at Egypt today, it's just kind of a desert, desolate and sand covered. Never have really recovered from what God did as he led those people out of there. You look at Germany and, and how Germany was defeated in World War II because of the way they were treating God's people. 
soundly, soundly defeated. To bring it a little closer to most of us here today, in 1967, there was a thing called the Six-Day War, 1967, where all of the Arab and Islamic nations came together and they decided we've got to do something with this Jewish problem, this Israeli problem. And it says they came together and they decided let's wipe out Israel. We're going to eliminate this problem in the Middle East. We're going to get rid of them. So they amassed an army of 500,000 soldiers. At the time, Israel had 75,000. 5,000 planes and tanks, 900 planes for the, for, the, for the Arabs, a couple of hundred planes for the Jewish people. And history says that, that this, this massive army came towards Israel and they set up shop north of Israel and south of Israel and east of Israel. And their plan was to push them into the sea, which is the Mediterranean Sea on the west. They had decided that time was up for the Israeli people. And they were going to defeat them and wipe them off the face of the earth. The battle started six days into the war. The war was over. Israel had defeated this massive army, 500,000 to 75. How could that happen? That's because of God's sovereign hand. You see, God has a plan for these people. God's not going to let those people be perished because his plan is to bless them and to encourage them. God's still in control. They were telling stories about about, uh, the enemy that had surrounded uh, Israel. And they were asking them, "Why, why did you retreat? Why did you just turn and run? And, 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 and history tells us that when they turned and ran, they began shooting at each other. The enemy were shooting at themselves. And they were talking to some of these guys that did that. And they go, what are you talking about? When we looked up, we saw this massive, massive military strength coming towards us. Massive. We couldn't imagine this, this, this army that we saw that was coming against us. And the Jewish people said, no, there was no such army. We only had 75,000. There was no such army. What happened? The God of Almighty did that. The God of Almighty showed them what this massive army looked like. And I can tell you, I don't know what the massive army looked like back here, but I can tell you who, who was in charge of that massive army. God the Father. You see, he put it in their minds that, no, you're not going to win because I got a plan for my people. And God Almighty, there he was behind them, supporting them, showing the enemy that you got no chance. We serve a mighty God. You see, at that point, Israel took over quite a bit of land, the Golan Heights, Gaza Strip, part of Sinai, some of the things that we still see today. All of those folks, all of those folks are what? They're enemies of Israel. All of those folks will be the ones that are coming after Israel even as we speak today. But you know, they're probably going to get the same result because Almighty God is still on His throne. Almighty God is still on His throne. Deuteronomy 7, 6 says it this way. For you are a holy people to the Lord. Talk about Israel. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all of the peoples who are on the face of the earth. God chose Israel to be his chosen 
people. Why? Why would he do that? Was it because Israel has the biggest population of all people? Nope. Bible says they're very, very small. Was it because they had the strongest military? Bible says no. They didn't. They don't have any kind of stuff like that. Matter of fact, the Bible will call Israel rebellious and stiff-necked, <laughs> and yet He still chose them as His chosen people. Why would He? Why would He do that? Sometimes He takes the weakest vessels and makes something popular and good out of it, doesn't He? I can hear to tell you today, if you've ever been born again, he's taken you as the weakest vessel. And he wants wants you to bloom where you're sitting. He wants you to grow, and he'll give you everything you need right here if you'll just let him. Yeah. Yeah. Genesis 3.15 is the beginning of it where where God announces that there is a Messiah that's going to come. If you remember Genesis 3.15, the fall in the Garden of Eden, they just fallen. And God was, was telling Adam and Eve, this is what's going to happen. And he declares there will be a Messiah that's coming one of these days. Genesis 12, it, it confirms that, that the Messiah that's coming will come through the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Going to come through that line. Second Samuel 7 says that he will become from the lineage of David. And you go to Luke 2, what does it say about the, the, the birth of the Messiah? through the lineage of David. You see, when, G, when God was putting all this together in, in, in eternity before it ever happened, he needed a group of people that he could send his Messiah through. And because he chose the Jewish people to be the ones that would allow the Messiah to be born through that, through that lineage. That's why he chose them. The first reason why. Because Jesus had to be born from a woman, from a nation. The second reason that he chose the Israeli people. Because he had made them a group of people that were priests and prophets and missionaries. That's what he wanted them to be. He wanted the Jewish people to declare to the world who God is. And he wanted those folks to declare to the world that there was a Messiah coming, a Redeemer coming, a Savior is coming. And their job was to tell others that this Messiah was coming. And yet we know that they really didn't do that, have they? Matter of fact, today most of the Jewish people will reject Christ, that uh, don't want to have anything to do with him. They don't think the Messiah has come. And they've ignored God. And yet what happened? God still loves them. God still loves them. But he's going to make it happen one of these days. The Jewish people will fulfill what God has wanted them to do for a lifetime. And it's going to be in the tribulation. I hope none of us are there. I hope you're not here. But if you are, you're going to see (laughs) that there are going to be 144,000 Jewish evangelists. 144,000 Billy Grahams. 144,000 Apostle Pauls. And the Bible says God will protect them, put a blanket of coverage around them, and they will at that point point the world to God and point the world telling them that there is a Messiah who wants to come and to save you. That's going to happen. Read it in Revelation. 
You see, God had a plan for these people. They've rejected it so far, but one of these days, he's going to put it in motion. And there'll be the greatest revival in the history of all revivals during the tribulation time. No matter how awful the tribulation is, God will protect his 144,000. He will protect those who are saved, and it'll be a massive revival during that time. I would urge you not to wait for that time, okay? It's not going to be pretty. But you see, God is still in control. God still knows what he wants to do. He still has a plan. He still, he still says, this is what I want the Jewish people to do, and this is what they will do one day. Well, should we as Christians support Israel? I mean, we, we see a lot of stuff in the news today, don't we? I mean, you look at the news, and college campuses are what? They're all Palestinian, pro-Palestinians, and they're all out to get Israel. As a Christian, what should we do? Do we support Israel? And the answer is yes, yes, and yes. We are called to do that. You see, Israel to God is special. Israel to God is special. He chose them. He cares for them. His eyes are upon them. He knows what's going on. He promised to bless Abraham. He promised to protect those who are Jewish. He promised to bless those who who are for and curse those who are against. Should we support Israel? Yes, those are some reasons. Should we support Israel? Yes, because, because without Israel, we don't have this. We don't have a Savior. We are to stand beside Israel because we're going to stand beside Israel because Israel is important to God. And if something is important to God, I, I say we ought to be on that side, don't you? I think we ought to support that. We need to be support and do the things that God wants us to do. Psalm 122.6 says we are to pray for the peace of Israel. And I'll even take it a little bit further than that. I think we as Christians ought to be praying for those Jewish people that, who have rejected Christ as a Messiah. We need to pray for them that their eyes will be open. That whatever God needs to do in their life that he will do it in order to get their attention. So that they will be able to accept Christ as their Lord. Did you know we are living in some exciting times with the uh, state of Israel becoming a, a sovereign country, okay? That's never before happened in the history of history. We get to see that right now. We're, we get to live that. And what that tells us is there is, uh, we are living in a time, I honestly believe, that it is the end of the end. That we are getting very close. The time clock that God has for us, I believe is close. You can just see it. You can read it in his word. You see, the Bible says in a tribulation time, we're going to have what's known as a cashless society. Where, where are we headed even as we speak today? Well, here's my debit card. Here's my credit card. I don't need, no, we don't take cash anymore. Cashless society. See, that's going to be in a tribulation time. Read it in Revelation. We're getting closer, aren't we? We're getting prepared for that. The Bible says in tribulation time, there's going to be a one world government. Guess what's happening to the leaders of the world? They are coming together and having talks about just how are we going to do that? How can we incorporate all the governments in the world and put them under one government or one person who one day will be the Antichrist? See, we're living that, aren't we? We're, we're getting close to that. The Bible says in Revelation there's going to be a one world religion. One of these days there's only going to be one religion. 
It won't be Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. It's going to be just one religion. Did you know the leaders of the religious community around the world have already gathered and talked about how can we do this? How can we, how can we just come up with a, a worldwide religion? You think, whoa. You see, we're, we're getting close to the end of the end, I believe. The tribulation very easily could be coming. And then you read about uh, uh, some American pastors who have uh, huge churches, huge churches in America. And he says, uh, I'm not going to give you a name, but he says that, you know, uh, we all serve the same God. Did you know that? That's what he says. We all serve the same God. He might have a different name, Allah or whatever anybody else wants to call him. He might, he might, he got a different name, but God is God and we're all just trying to get to him. And what he's trying to do is what? One, one world religion, one world thought that there, we serve the same God, just different name. No, that's not right. My God had a son who he sent to die for you and I. Allah, the, the God of the Muslim faith, sends his people to kill other people in the name of religion. No, we don't serve the same God. But we see that in, in, in society, that yeah. And, all, and I want you to see, because I want you to start looking through biblical eyes. Because you see, those are the things that's going to happen in tribulation. And this, what we're living now is just a precursor to that. We're getting closer and closer to that. We see what's happening, and we're getting closer and closer to that. We see this idea of apostasy in, in, in America and around the world. Apostasy is, is either a person who denounces their faith. I don't believe that anymore. Or as churches and denominations that say, uh, I, I like this part of the Bible, but I don't like this part of the Bible, and I'm going to tear that off. I don't care what the Bible says. We're going to do it this way because I believe people want to know and culture needs to hear something different besides this old worn out book and we live we're living as we speak in the age of apostasy where but people are turning their backs do you know anybody's done that in your in your life that says at one time they were believers and they go nah i don't need that anymore i mean you just get in the news and watch watch most of the denominations in, in america today are doing that are doing that are taking the bible and making it fit them they want to fit their own way we live in an apostasy. And the Bible, what does the Bible say about that? At the end time, people want to have their ears tickled. And they don't want to hear the truth. We are living in the end times. I mean, you just look at it and see it, how close we might be coming. And I want to emphasize that, that to you. Are you ready for that end time? You see, the end time has nothing to do with the United States. I've said that once before a long time ago, but I'll say it again. It doesn't have anything to do with what's going on in the United States. It has everything to do with Israel, <laughs> God's chosen people. The history of the world revolves around Israel. So when we see Israel in trouble, when we hear rumors and rumors of wars, and we see the earthquakes and the famines, and, and God tells us to look up and see the, see the stars, we are looking at basically Israel and what's going to be happening there. And one day God will bring peace to Israel, did you know? He's going to bring peace. The Bible tells us at the end of the great tribulation that when Jesus comes back the second time to get his people at the battle of Armageddon, 
the enemies of Israel will all be defeated. And at that point, there'll be a thousand year reign here on this earth of perfection. And Israel then will claim all that big land that God's ordained for them. It's going to happen. See, I ask you, do you believe that God is sovereign? He really is sovereign. And no matter what's happening in this world, God has a plan for that. And he knows exactly what he's going to do. And he knows exactly what he's going to say. I believe tribulation is coming. What's the next event before tribulation? It is a rapture. It is Jesus Christ coming to get his people. Snatching us up, as the Bible says. And meeting him in the air face to face. Matter of fact, we were just talking today in a, in a new beginner's class that one of them said, uh, you know, she was talking to somebody and said, you know, I, I think, I don't, I don't want to be raptured. I don't, I don't want to be raptured. I want, to, I want to stick around and fight for the Lord during the tribulation time. No, you don't. No, you don't. Why would you want to do that? I believe the rapture very easily could be around the corner. We don't know. The Bible says nobody knows except God. Jesus doesn't even know. Jesus might be sitting on his throne right now and, 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 and God might be telling him, son, get ready to go. You never know. And I say that to tell you this, you got to be ready. You got to be ready because when he is raptured with us out of here, okay, life is going to be different. You see the ugliness of Hamas and what they've done to people around the world? Multiply that by times a thousand. And then you might get a little piece of tribulation. See, we can even see now what, what it's going to be like in the end times and tribulation times. But just see the ugliness of this whole world. Man, I just want to encourage you. Man, you've got to be ready. How do you be ready? You, you have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the only way you can be ready. Only way. There is no other way to be ready for the rapture than have Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And if you're not, you're going to be left behind if that happens during this lifetime. Be left behind. Nobody wants to be left behind. Everybody wants to be part of the, part of the team. If you're not ready, get ready. Get ready. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that way, when, when something might happen, you are ready to go. Prepared. Let's go, Lord. Come and get me. And we're going to meet him in the air someday. We're going to see him face to face. He's going to give us a new body. We're going to be able to see our loved ones that's gone on before us because they're coming back with him. What a great reunion that's going to be one of these days when we see him face to face. And he says, Here, here's your new body, Don. Well, boy, I sure need something. My bones hurt. It's going to give us a glue glorified body, Ron. Are you ready? I hope you are. I hope you are. If you don't know how to get ready, come talk to me. I'll show you how to get ready. Don't put it off. There's more people in hell today because they said, I've got time. I've got time. I've got next week. I'm going to put this off till I feel better. I'm going to put this off because somebody's in here and they might say something. Today, the Bible says, it's a day of salvation. As we begin our invitation time, a couple things. I just wanted to show you that God's still in control of this whole world. No matter what's going on with Israel, he's still in control. He still knows what he's going to do, and he has a plan. And the same God that is controlling Israel, that controls the events of this world, has a plan just for you. Has a plan that is a perfect plan. Would you accept that plan? As we bow our heads and close our eyes and the piano plays.
That is the invitation. Christ has come to save you from the evilness of this world. If you've never accepted Christ, I would urge you to do it today. There's no promise that we have tomorrow. There's no promise we got tomorrow. Do it today. As the piano plays, I'll let you do business with God. I'll be up here if you need to talk as you pray.